Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBrew podcast where we break down some of the main news headlines in the financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of foreign exchange. My name is Matthew Ryan, Senior Market Analyst here at eBrew, and I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Market Analyst Roman Zaruk. So this podcast is all about the foreign exchange market. We're going to take a look at some of the main news stories in FX, discuss them, and give our view on what they might mean for currencies going forward. So on today's episode of FX Talk, episode 13, recorded on Tuesday the 27th of October, we'll be talking about our final thoughts ahead of next week's US presidential election, what the latest polls are saying, and how we expect the FX market to react on election night. We'll then finish by discussing Thursday's European Central Bank meeting and the prospects for an increase in the bank's stimulus measures in December. Okay, so today will be our our last podcast episode before next week's US presidential election with Americans set to take the polls on Tuesday, the 3rd of November. I think it's a good opportunity for us to talk about our final thoughts ahead of the vote. Since our last episode, a couple of weeks ago, Biden's lead in the polar polls has narrowed slightly from around about 10 points over President Trump to now around about eight points, although, of course, it's still a very comfortable advantage. Uh, Trump failed to land any real knockout blows in the final televised debate, although Biden's advantage in some of the key swing states has begun to narrow. Florida, for instance, which is arguably the key battleground state, its lead is now a little over 1%, having been 4.5% three weeks ago. So investors are far from getting carried away, and actually most of the major currency pairs have remained largely range-bound in the last week or so, with investors not really willing to take any sizable positions in either direction amid lingering concerns regarding the possibility of a contested vote, which would drag out the uncertainty long after election night, potentially. I'm going to pass it over to both of you. What do we make of both the market reaction leading up to the vote and what are your general final thoughts ahead of the vote? What can we expect on election night? Well, I don't think much has changed in the last week. I think that uh, the apparent narrow and the bias lead is, is, is one within uh, the normal random iteration that one would expect. Uh, you're right that probably the last chance for a, for a massive for a, for a game changer in this election was the debate. It didn't happen. And when you look at uh, the simulations in sites like 538, um, you, the, the probability of a Biden win has not changed. It remains at 88% versus 12% for Trump. And I don't think much has changed uh, uh, from last week. I think that uh, clearly the, uh, the central scenario, the most likely is a Biden victory. Uh, there's a small but not negligible chance of a, of a Trump win, but markets are, and that, that's what uh, financial markets are, are pricing in. Uh, the biggest unknown, the biggest source of uncertainty is the chances of a disputed result, of course. Uh, I think that there's, uh, the, the media are making too much of, of the chance of such an event. Uh, I think that, uh, uh, whatever Trump may may say, uh, the mechanisms for for uh, disputing the elections are are limited and will only come into into force if the election is truly close in the battleground states. Which, given what the polls are now, uh, seems uh, not not likely. Yeah, I actually think that the U.S. election is one of those topics right now in the markets which stabilizes it and is 
positive risks uh, as markets uh, continue to price in that we are going to see Democrats uh, taking the presidency and also retaining the House control and also likely uh, taking the control in the Senate. Uh, so uh, right now, Biden's lead is uh, at around 2.5 uh, times of what uh, was the lead uh, of Hillary Clinton in 2016. So I think that right now there is there is a very safe bet that Biden actually will win and that markets are positioning uh, positioning for it. So I think that in the coming days, if we are not going to see any significant changes in the in the polls, and probably they are unlikely given how they behaved in the past week or so, uh, I think that more and more attention should uh, return to things that uh, actually are developing quite significantly right now. So uh, the pandemic and uh, also the the influence it has on the macroeconomic data right now. Yeah, and I agree that I think the market, yes, is still largely confident of a Biden win, but and I think there still remains a bit of uncertainty as to the possibility that we could get a, a somewhat of a surprise on election night. Um, risk assets still trading higher for the month, but look, look, we've not seen a huge sharp rally just yet. Um, they have been largely ranged around the last week. As, as I said, some of these polls in those sweet key swing states have begun to narrow. Look at Arizona, for instance. I think Biden's lead is the lowest um, it's been since the beginning of September. Florida, it's the smallest it's been since late April, just over 1%. So I think there is a, a risk that the vote could be close enough that Trump contests the election, although I agree with you both. But I don't think there's enough time for him to dramatically swing support so as to win the election outright. Uh, but I think, yeah, Biden victory is still far from pri fully priced in. So if our base case of, of a blue wave was to be proved correct, I think we'd still get a, a pretty sharp relief rally in risk assets and a, a relatively sharp move lower in the dollar, given its safe haven status. Yes, because something that it's not fully priced in, I think, is the, the Senate, so that the Democrats may actually not gain the control over the Senate. I think that the implied probability of that, and the bookmakers ought that they'll uh, not get the control is at around 40% or even slightly higher. So I think that here the risk assets have probably the, the biggest potential to rally based off that. Yeah, um, uh, to be honest, I don't really see a reason to change our, our forecast. I think that what we say is that 45% Biden wins, but doesn't take, the Democrats don't take the Senate, 35% chance that Biden does win, and it takes the Senate. I mean, the other way around. Basically, 45% chance of a Democratic sweep, 35% of, of Biden winning, and the Republicans keeping the Senate. I'm looking at the latest, uh, the, the, the latest odds, and they seem to be priced at 50% for a clean Democratic sweep. So uh, I, 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 I still think that those odds that we put in the report are the, are the correct ones. Uh, uh, do you guys have a reason to shade those upwards or downwards? No, I mean, uh, what we've seen in the last few weeks, as I mentioned, we've not seen a huge change, actually. The market's kind of turned its attention to the pandemic and where we get stimulus in the U.S. before the election. I think, yeah, the, we've seen a bit of a narrowing in the, the state-level polls, but the fact that Biden is so comfortably ahead uh, in the national polls, I think the market's still pretty confident that we'll certainly get a, a Biden victory um, and fairly confident that yeah, we could, could well get a clean sweep, as you mentioned. 
Okay, I think we'll move on to our, our second topic today, and that's our thoughts ahead of this Thursday's European Central Bank meeting, which has a bit of an extra event risk to an already busy calendar. And now since the last ECB meeting in late September, we have, of course, seen the pandemic situation in Europe take a turn for the worse. New daily cases of the virus have risen pretty aggressively in most countries in the bloc, of all four of the big countries, the uh, big four European euro area countries suffering from record contagion numbers. Cases in France, for instance, have risen particularly sharply with new cases there around seven times higher than they were during the initial peak in April. We've subsequently seen a host of restrictions being reintroduced in Europe, mostly regional lockdowns, although there are concerns that nationwide lockdowns may be possible if the rate of contagion is not under control, which would, of course, be a particular risk that the European Central Bank will be worried about. And then, of course, there's the issue with inflation in the bloc, which has continued to trend lower in the past few months. And core rate of price growth is now actually its lowest ever level and well below the ECB's target. So the question here is, what do you guys think that the ECB will make of these developments? And do you think they'll signal an expansion asset purchases may be on the way at this week's meeting? Yeah, I think that uh, that seems to be uh, close to the consensus. And I, I find it difficult to see how the ECB fails to pre-announce some sort of easing of measures for December. Um, on the one hand, we have the, uh, the inflation miss. I mean, the core inflation is at the all-time lows at 0.2%, which is uh, absurd. I mean, uh, clearly inconsistent with the ECB's targets. The forecast should reflect a considerable reduction both on the on the inflation data and the growth data. Uh, the COVID numbers, like you said, keep getting worse. And in addition to that, I thought it was very interesting today, the... Uh, the ECB published its quarterly survey of uh, lending standards from banks, and uh, the initial was, was the initial reaction from the the banking system in key, in the second quarter, uh, the, uh, right after the pandemic started, was to ease the standards and facilitate lending. Uh, that has gone sharply to reverse. Um, in the third quarter, the most banks in the eurozone are tightening. Uh, there's there's a, a clear balance of banks that are tightening loans, especially for enterprises. Uh, the numbers in, in Spain are particularly dire because Spain is the, the worst affected economy. So I really, uh, I think that we're going to have significant discussion around this, uh, the, the second round of COVID effects, the tightening and, and the, the, the consequent tightening of loan standards tomorrow. And I think we'll have quite a downbeat meeting and uh, they, uh, President Lagarde will be uh, almost pre-announcing an easing package for December, which I think might, might weigh heavily in the euro, at least in the, in the early hours. Yes, yeah, so generally I think that one of the things that we saw earlier in the previous ECB meeting and that we are not going to see right now or that the emphasis on that will be significantly lower is the uh, euro-dollar exchange rate. So we are probably not going to hear uh, that much that the ECB might be in any way discussing that extensively. And the ECB doesn't seem worried about this matter right now, especially considering the recent developments in the exchange rate, which is basically flat and or is within a rather narrow band uh, for the past uh, well three months or so. So generally, I think that they should focus on inflation, especially that it that it has missed their targets. And if we look at their 
uh, quarterly forecast, the Q3 forecast at 0.1% uh, is uh, higher than where the HICP inflation is right now. So uh, in September, it was at minus 0.3%. In August, it was minus 0.2%. Uh, and if we uh, combine it with the number for the previous month, it means that we, we had the miss in the third quarter. And we are likely going to have a miss for the fourth quarter as well. Uh, so this might uh, mean that the ECB will uh, downwardly revise uh, the 2021 uh, inflation forecast, which is at 1%, uh, and potentially also uh, uh, the one for the year after that. Uh, but I think that they would also want to be, uh, but this will be for the December meeting because they are not revising the forecasts right now. Uh, so I think that they are just going to address the inflation topic and, and focus on that. Uh, but also regarding the pandemic and the economic situation that we are in, I think that they don't really have that many information to actually uh, get something out of them because uh, the only the only valuable uh, reading that we had recently was was the PMI. Uh, and it was actually in relatively in line with what the market was expecting at least looking at the uh, at the well and anyway uh, I, I generally think that they don't have enough data to right now to fully uh, be able to communicate what might happen uh, in the next uh, few months, uh, according to them, because the pandemic situation can change from one week to another. And we have seen that both in the number of cases and both when it comes to the restrictions that the countries are imposing. Right now, we saw it in a number of European countries with, uh, with the most recent one that I was focusing on was Switzerland, but also uh, Eastern Europe. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the situation in the euro area uh, is uh, looking safe right now. So we are not sure what will happen uh, with the lockdown measures and whether they'll be tightened and whether we are going to see the same lockdown that we saw uh, during the, uh, the the first wave of the coronavirus. I think that this is the biggest risk. And with the data that we currently have on hand, uh, I don't think that they would want to take the bet uh, on that. So they probably would just want to communicate that they are going, that they are ready to act and that uh, the situation uh, and that they would watch the developments, uh, at least during this week's meeting. When it comes to December meeting, uh, the revision, the downward revision to the forecast, uh, the inflation forecast, and potentially also growth, depending on the pandemic, uh, is also quite likely in my view. Yeah, I think we are all in agreement. I think the December meeting, the ECB is shaping up to be an important one. I think they'll... They'll obviously be releasing their updated macro projections, as you said, in December. And these meetings generally tend to be the ones that we see the major policy changes. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's an immediate rush for the banks to increase asset purchases just yet, given the large stimulus measures already unveiled. But given the downside risks that we've been talking about um, with the pandemic, the reimposition of lockdown measures, um, the fact that growth in Q4 is almost certainly expected, will almost certainly be uh, worse given the, the, the these lockdown measures. And also, as you mentioned, Romeo, inflation on a concerning downtrend and well below target. I think they'll likely comment on that um, this week's meeting. And then, as you said, revise lower their forecast in December. It's very likely. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so I think you may well use this Thursday's meeting to tee up action in December, probably get an expansion and extension of the pandemic emergency purchase program at that next meeting. Yeah, if she, if she does that, I think we'll see some weakness in the euro um, this week. If not, and if we get a bit more of a non-committal stance, I think we could see a bit of a higher, a uh, bit, bit of a move higher, I should say, in the common currency. But yeah, but regardless, I certainly expect a dovish tone, um, which 
which talks up the growing risks of the pandemic? No, I think that uh, we have a very exciting few days ahead of us, starting with Thursday with the uh, ECB meeting. Friday, we have these very important inflation numbers, the flash inflation for October out of the Eurozone. And then Tuesday of the next of next week, of course, the election. So there's going to be uh, a lot of action in the next seven days, I think. And that just about does it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the currency markets, visit Ebris website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear more on during upcoming podcasts. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a week's time. Thank you all very much for listening.